Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I mean, if you see someone in a wheelchair, you go, oh, their legs don't work. But neither does the plumbing and neither do my organs. And I think just because they're socially inacceptable topics to put on social media, well, I don't really think that's a reason not to put it on. Well, we've all been pushed around. Hello and welcome to It's Complicated with me, Tanya Goodin. The podcast to help you untangle your relationship with your phone. Cause we've all been pushed around. This is a podcast about learning to live healthily and happily with technology and the digital world. And understanding why sometimes it's so hard to do. Because if we learn how to step away from our phones more, we'll be learning how to step in more to our lives. Improving our relationships, our work, and our health. I'm your host, Tanya Goodin, author and founder of digital wellbeing movement Time to Log Off. Each week I'll be asking a new guest what they've learned about the relationship with the tiny tyrant in their pocket, their smartphone. So welcome to series four. Can't believe we're on series four already. I'm really happy to be launching this series with a chat with three times Olympic gold medalist rower Pete Reed, OBE. I've always been really fascinated by Olympians and what it takes mentally and physically to perform at such a high level. And rowing is a particularly punishing and demanding sport. I've actually known Pete for a few years, which we explain in our chat. And as well as being one of the most decorated rowers ever for Team GB, he's recently found himself with a particular challenge to overcome, which surpasses anything he's had to deal with in his rowing career. He's one of the nicest and most modest guys, despite such a glittering list of achievements. And also, and I think you'll agree with me after you've heard this interview, one of the most inspiring. Pete, it's so lovely to be talking to you. It's been a while, eh? Uh, it yeah, has really been lovely. a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought I would start actually just by explaining to the listeners 
how long I've known you and when I met you because the kind of journey that you've been on in that period of time has been quite phenomenal. So I met you in 2012. You, you probably don't remember this, but I, in my kind of old life, I ran a digital business and you and Anna Watkins came after 2012 to kind of talk about your gold medal winning rose, both of you. The, one of the highlights for me was actually holding your medal. It was incredible. And you brought the Beijing medal as well, I think. Um, that was probably just to annoy Anna, I think. <laughs> yeah, I seem to remember she was a bit annoyed about that. And it was huge. Wasn't the Beijing medal really huge? Um, the London quite one was heavy. much bigger. Yeah, was it? Okay, one. I remember one of them oh. was a lot bigger. And you won. You were the first gold medal on Super Saturday. I remember watching that. And then we met a couple of years later after I'd written my first book off. And I remember us kind of talking about that. It was nice to connect with you again over that. I mean, and I know we'll talk about it later on, but that really resonated with me. So, yeah, well, thanks for writing that. I think it's really important. And as we go on, it's getting more and more important. Yeah, well, I think I remember you posting a lot at the time, actually, on your feed about how important it was for people to put their devices down. You know, that was kind of one of your messages at the time. that I was yeah. seeing a lot of you saying that. That's right. It was 2018 then. So 2018, I did something on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. And I challenged myself to give a tangible piece of athlete advice every That's single day right. of the year. Every day of the year, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so from the 1st of January 2018, putting up something important and from my experience or something I'd learned from people along my journey to help athletes and, and indeed anyone that wanted to have a read. But 365 pieces of advice, it was a it was a real epic, but we got it done. And that was one of them about turning off your, your kit. I remember, yeah. And that was so popular, that series. I remember lots of people retweeting that and commenting on that. And me thinking, gosh, the effort involved every day to come up with something. Goodness, yeah. It, it was, so it was so well received, but it, it really was hard work. And I wasn't doing yeah. it for anything. I didn't have an agenda. It became very busy at a very busy time of life. You know, that was the year I hung up my oar from rowing. Not, yeah. not related to the Instagram project, but it was time. So when you suddenly found yourself, or I found myself with the life that I knew so well for my, all my adult years turned upside down and still continuing with this athlete advice project. And it's still up there. People can go back and have a look. So, yeah, that was a labour of love. So by then, of course, you've got your third gold medal because you got gold in Rio in the eight yeah. for, in 2016. Again, I remember watching that amazing, amazing race. Oh, what a, another good day. Yeah, it was, it was, well, it was brilliant this end watching it, I have to say. Well, thank fantastic. you, Tanya. And then, and then you went back to your Navy career, because I don't know, all the listeners might not know you're actually a Lieutenant Commander in the Royal Navy. Yeah, um, that's right. And I remember, I remember being in touch with you, I think last summer or last Easter, we talked about you being on the podcast. But then something happened to you in September last year, which is why I am currently speaking to you from a military rehab facility. Do, do you mind talking about what happened? Are you kind of fed up with everyone asking you? No, no I don't mind at all. I, I'm not fed up with people asking. I think it's it's interesting for most. I mean, not, not many people have access, I suppose, to disability. Some do, some don't. I think I've just given away the story there, but uh, it, I've had a life changer. I, don't, I think it's cathartic for me to talk about it as well, but it's not an emotional strain in any way. So in September last year, I was training with the military and I, I had a, 
not I mean, an accident, a, a trauma, an injury, but it, I went to hospital to find out what it was. It wasn't something acute that just happened, but I found that I had a spinal stroke. So they are rare. A, a stroke is when you get some sort of blood clot or some, some impingement in the brain or a reduction in the supply of blood to your brain, and then parts of your brain cells die. And that's why you get one side of your brain being affected. Now, very, very rarely, I think 1% of all strokes are spinal strokes. So you don't hear about them so often, but I'm hearing cases more and more through social media and people reaching out. So they are some sort of blood loss or impingement or blood clot that prevents blood from getting through the arteries that, to supply your spinal cord with oxygen. So um, your spinal cord obviously reaches from your neck down to uh, your coccyx right down your spine and when you get a restriction in oxygen then the cells in your spinal cord die now your spinal cord is like a motorway for traffic neural traffic that sends messages down to the lower parts of your body and when you have some sort of impingement there it's like the motorway is closed so mine is right in the middle of my spine in the middle of my back and messages flow perfectly down to my arms they're normal and my, my my chest is normal mercifully my diaphragm is as well and my parts of my upper back are strong but if you go below my chest then it's like my body speaks a different language now so my legs are almost completely flaccid uh, as is my core and it's a it's a complete relearning of the language that your lower body speaks it's a minefield and it's fascinating and it's traumatic and it's upsetting and heartbreaking and fascinating and sometimes funny it's just a massive mix so that that's where we are that was eight and a half months ago and since then i've been through amazing nhs care i mean it'd be wrong of me not to mention the nhs but in dereford hospital on moorgate ward and merivale ward the, the staff there looked after me tremendously well and I never ever thought I'd have to be looked after in the, in the way the nurses, nursing staff looked after me. But it's like it's like being a baby again. They they take care of every aspect of your your life like a mother would for a baby, and it's it's really shocking. Um, and from there, I went to Salisbury Spinal Unit, who specialise in spinal cord injuries, to uh, get educated on how to look after myself. And normally, when you discharge from there, it's because you're educated enough to go back into the real world and fend for yourself but i'm very very fortunate to be in the military so i've got extended rehab time to really try and get everything out of my body that i can on this long probably two-year process i was i was just about to ask that and say how long what what's the kind of next phase for you or don't you know is it a kind of how long is a piece of string yeah it's a little bit like that so i'm learning all the time and the the general medical consensus is it from the first two years of your recovery is when you'll see the vast, vast majority of any progress. And progress, a lot of people think progress is related to how positive you are or how determined you are. But in actual fact, it's down to the magnitude of the injury. Let's say all six lanes of the motorway were just wiped out. I mean, sometimes there's an, a complete injury and there's no coming back from it, no matter how positive you are. In my case, it was a, an enormous stroke and um I went down to zero for, for a very long time, but maybe it's not a single lane open yet, if I'm going to abuse this metaphor, but it's there's a footpath that's open. And um, I think if I didn't have this rehab time, the footpath would get overgrown and it would be very hard to get any messages through. But actually the staff here, uh, they're incredible and they're helping me clear that footpath to make maybe a bridal way or 
maybe one day in a few months time it might be a lane so we don't know the prognosis we don't know how much is there but i think we can be pretty sure that with the help i'm getting that i'll get back everything that's possible to get back and that's my um that's the, the, I'm, I'm very very motivated and that's where i'm getting it from just to try and claw back whatever i can i saw that you said i think it was actually in the interview with um matthew pinsent when you said you felt that your athlete mindset was actually really helping you in rehab, tell me, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I, I really think it's hugely helping. Actually, um, the the parallels, the daily parallels between my old life as an athlete, and, and that's really all of my adult life has been involved in rowing. The parallels are extraordinary between the the challenges that an athlete faces sometimes being too slow, sometimes thriving, having to set a goal of winning an Olympic gold medal. And you know that goal is months and years away. And and then having to break that extraordinary goal. Where the, the standard to get a gold medal at the next Olympics is something that you think is unattainable. And now walking again seems completely unattainable. But just like we broke down the challenge in the numbers of seconds faster we needed to get. Now I'm very good at breaking down a challenge to what I need to do by the end of this month and the end of this week and the end of this day and the end of this session and the end of these this set of exercises. So that's my bread and butter. And that's just how I'm hardwired now after so many years of rowing. And I use what I learned with the people I learned and to help me every single day. And it makes a huge difference, actually. I, I feel very, very lucky that way. And not least because those people that I did it with are still there and they're still in my camp and they still look out for me and still get cool. So it's a big advantage to to have that mindset of you know, not getting down when you get beaten and putting yourself out there. It's the uh, same process for rehab. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
I did see yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that you, I mean, I, I kind of let out a little yelp when I saw it. You were opening a pedal bin with your foot. Yeah, I, did. I read your message. So th- thank you so much for that. Uh, and that that very, very short video, 10 seconds long or so, has been so well received from the public. And it, oh, it was uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. It felt, and that was, it wasn't the first take, but it was immediately after I did it for the first time. And I just, I just, I was so pleased because, well, pedal bins, for example, is just one thing that the able body community, and I don't blame you, by the way, because I was able body for a long time and I didn't think about these things, but you just don't think about it. You, you take them for granted. You yeah. take them for granted, of course. Yeah. And um, yeah, why wouldn't you? But when bins are uh, one of those pedal bins, um, I've had, I've had so many occasions where I've wheeled up to one and it, you can't even get them open with your fingers because the, the bin closes so, yeah. um, so flush. So then you're just looking at it. And I try and do wheelies in my wheelchair to try and get my front wheels to press down on, on the pedal. Um, and everything is everything is funny, like I said, and, and hard and a challenge. But, but moving my right foot out, being able to move it out and press down with my toes and move it back onto my wheelchair. So good. It's a real win. It's a real glow. And the strange thing about those wins is, and I promise you, that they are as satisfying as winning a race or pulling a personal best. Um, the feeling you get from lifting the biggest bench press you've ever done is the same as, yeah. as pressing that bin down. I, the goalposts have shifted quite considerably, but I still get the same satisfaction. And I think that's what keeps me motivated. So did you know you were going to be able to do it or had you felt movement in your foot before or or did you just think I'm going to give this a go and it worked? What was that? Um, so I didn't know I could do it, but strength has been improving over the last few weeks, really. I think since since lockdown, I had a break between emissions here and uh, there's just a little bit more muscle firing going on. So a tiny bit of firing, a tiny bit of movement, a tiny bit of strength behind my right leg extension, which is making it straight and flexion is bending it. And then your, your foot goes up and down is dorsal or plantar flexion. And those, those parts have been starting to move again. I just thought, I think I can piece this one together and just gave it a go. And it was very weak, but. Well, it worked, didn't it? You lifted the lid. Yeah. (laughs) It it, it worked. And, um, and we recycled the cup and I went away smiling. Yeah. That was, that was yeah, great. fantastic. I think there are a lot of people who follow you who were cheering when they saw that. I was cheering. Oh, yeah. So that nice. Thank great. you so much. And thanks to everyone. If, you, if you're listening and you followed me and you put a comment on, yeah, thanks, thanks for your warm glows as well. We're, we're getting there. What's that been like? I was going to ask you about that because you always had a very engaged community following you all the way through your sporting career. What's it been like now with, you know, the, what you're dealing with? Are you finding the same amount of support? So yes, a tremendous amount, and it's a very committed and great bunch of people that follow me, and I think they they are engaged. I'm I'm, I'm not an expert in social media at all. I use it. I've got a funny relationship with it where I wish I didn't use it or didn't have to. I think social media can be quite a bad place for so many, but I try and make it good. I try and not put out sponsored stuff or ad stuff. I, I try and stay away from sort of social media nonsense that isn't going to help anybody and try and just put out useful stuff and I've never chased followers that that hasn't been important to me and I think because I haven't chased them the people that do turn up are the ones that want to and if if they don't like my content they go and that's great as well 
And I'd, I'd even, I'd encourage people to stop following me if they would get off social media. I think there's a wonderful world out there. And the, a post I put up a couple of years ago went something along the lines of, if social media was to stop tomorrow and it would affect your life or you wouldn't be happy with your life without social media, then get off social media because it, it can be all consuming and there's more to life out there. And that, that's why I really, really don't want to be an influencer. I think it makes me a bit sad that so many people want to go down that route because it's... Well, it's a hollow word, I think, influencer, isn't it? I've always thought, what does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah, what, what does it mean? And what happens when, when everything does get turned off? What are you yeah. then? You've got to be more than your followers, uh, your number of followers or your content or your channel. Um, there's, a, there's a big real world out there. I get the feeling, though, that everyone is really cheering you on at the moment. You've been motivating your followers for the past sort of X years. And I, I mean, I might be wrong about this, but it feels like they are now cheering you on. Yeah, um, they're brilliant. Um, and, it, and it really does help me, I think, after I retired from rowing. So that's sort of my public life over. Now I'm a public servant, but I think I stayed on social media because so many people supported me for so long. I've sort of felt a, a bit of a responsibility to give back a bit. And I don't know what I use social media for. I haven't got an agenda or anything like that. I just think I'll put some useful stuff up or anything that I've learned that might help someone. And that, that's what I'm putting up at the moment. And it's not totally altruistic. Of course, I'm really getting a big lift from all of the comments and all of the feedback from people and I try to get back to everybody sometimes I can't um, because it's just more than 100% of my energy is taken up every day just in rehab but uh, I do read everything and it and it does give me a massive boost so to everybody who's listening who's posted and commented and and supported me thank you so much it blows my mind and I hate needing support but I do and and I'll I'll confess to that I'm not too proud to say that and it uh and it comes in and it's amazing and, and very, very humbling. So thank you again. So one of the things I know about you is that you won the boat race for Oxford in 2005. But you lost the boat race for Oxford, Pete, on Saturday, didn't you? <laughs> thanks thanks Tanya tell us about that because you managed to take part in a sporting event while in rehab yeah uh, it was brilliant it was brilliant I got contacted not so long ago actually maybe um two weeks ago now by a guy called John Willis who's the founder of a charity called Power to Inspire and you can find, find them on social media at Power to Inspire UK I'm now following them yeah so they're a wonderful charity I didn't know them before they're very small but um what they do is use sports to promote inclusivity with able-bodied people and disabled people so and the, the mantra is everybody has fun no one's left on the bench i love that line no one's left on the bench as someone who's left on the bench a lot as a child in sporting events that really spoke to me i think that's a great line it, isn't it brilliant and and it's great for both sides it's not like a, a charity for looking after disabled people i think able-bodied people have so much to learn from the disabled community and it will only enrich both sides getting and sport is so important of course i'm going to say that but there's so many benefits to life that sport brings so having a charity that actively organizes events and games to get people involved in sport is amazing so the charity is great 
the event that John conceived just worked so beautifully well. It was um, I, I was getting involved in sport again, and my scores they were the, no doubt the worst in my crew, but that didn't matter. They counted and counted towards a crew effort, and which made me care. And well, you won't believe me, and Cambridge won't believe me, but the result didn't matter to me. I was, I was just thrilled to be involved. I could let that competitive side go, but during the piece, I really wanted to just do my best. Um, yeah. And that, that competitive spirit hasn't gone away. So that was a cracking day. I think it was well received and enjoyed by everybody that watched on Saturday. It was fantastic. I watched it. Yeah, it was really, I couldn't quite work out how it was going to work before it started. But it was really clever the way it was put together that you were all doing it, you know, virtually. Yeah, it was clever. And, and I, to be honest, I didn't know how it was going to work either. But it was great. And it was a three minute dash down the boat race course with all of our efforts added up. Brilliant. Loved it. Sport. So have you thought about a future in sport? I mean, I don't mean in but have you thought about sport and you in the future and what that might look like? You know, I've, I've thought about the Paralympics. I must admit, I thought about that quite early on when you were going through what you were going through. Yeah, I, I have. And a sport will always be part of my life and, and especially rowing. I can't see rowing not being part of my life. Um, but I'm sure that I don't want to be a rower anymore. I first got injured and I was lying in bed and, and plugged into everything and having a really hard time. And in the first week, I was thinking, right, Paralympics, Paralympics, um, and even starting to look up Paralympic sports and classifications and things. Sorry, I just want to pause that. In your first week of this happening, you were doing that? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, so maybe it was amazing, but maybe it's sort of delusional as well. So you can't... Um, I've had wonderful Olympic success, but that doesn't mean you'd be a, a great Paralympian. And to give the Paralympians credit, it would take so long to even be in the right ballpark, to even think about starting a road to even look at the Paralympics. I was on a long rehab road. And then I started thinking, I'm, I'll be I'll be 39 next month. I mean, so my, my strength was always my physiology. And it's not a 39-year-old's game. Uh, of course, there are older people, but that that's not the problem either. I think the problem is I retired from rowing for a few reasons, but one of them was I think I was just satisfied. I was happy with my career for the first time and looking forward to getting back to my career in the Royal Navy. Looking forward to that as that was more important to me than going to Tokyo was going back to the Navy and contributing. And so if your fire for training starts to dim, then you know you're done. And so I feel done. I, I've lost. I've lost that real burning inferno to go and be away and fight and compete. And and I know what. Okay, I don't know what it takes to go to the Paralympics. I haven't been, but I feel quite well qualified as a non-Paralympian to to say I know what it takes. And it it takes everything. It would be a complete change of lifestyle. And and actually. Um, and I mean this with all respect to the Paralympians, I think it would be a regression to go back to the start of chapter one again yeah, um, yeah. on, on that to... journey. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just about to start going into chapter two, or at least I was, and then had this, this injury. That shouldn't stop me from going into chapter two again. So that's what I'm thinking about the Paralympics. It, it might not be my way, and I will sit and watch and be in awe of the Paralympians and, and thinking... It's amazing what you do. And I, I am with even more respect now that I know what living with a disability involves. 
the fact that they do what they do is is absolutely mind-blowing. Do you think you'll use your platform to raise awareness of disability? Is that something that, because it feels like you're you're doing that naturally anyway by talking about your journey, but is it something that you are feeling you could be interested in doing? Yeah, I think so. But I, like I said, I still don't know what I use social media for. I think I'm, I'm not an activist and I'm not a campaigner um, naturally. I'm starting to realise that I do have a bit of a public voice, much more than I thought when I was um, when I was an athlete. You, you know, as a rower, we're we're one of eight in a boat, or one of a, a crew. So you'd never stand up and take the attention for yourself. And now I'm thinking, what, what do I want to use social media for? I think in my own sort of quiet way, if I can just put some messages out about um, what having uh, a disability is like just now and then so people can have a window into what it's like and people are most interested in that I think but but again it's how much how much do I want to give away of my life how much am I prepared to put out there and some things you know some things will always be private I think and and quite rightly but I posted about catheters and having to pee in a different way I think I might do one on bowel care at some point I mean it's it's not a subject that people put out on social media but I can't I can't criticise social media for being perfection and everyone's showreel if I'm not prepared to put on the hard stuff that actually I think would be useful for, for able-bodied people to know about. You know, I have to say, I did laugh when you put that post about how Jeannie now has a hot water bottle in bed. <laughs> thanks to your thanks to your catheter. I mean, I, I literally laughed and thought, I can't believe you said that. I hadn't thought about some of the issues of being paralyzed I hadn't thought about bowel control or bladder control it just hadn't occurred to me so that completely opened my eyes and it's not a normal subject is it to to put out um and and I don't blame you for not thinking about it either I mean if you see someone in a wheelchair you go their legs don't work and well yeah no your legs don't work but but neither neither does the plumbing and neither do my organs and neither does the temperature regulation or the skin doesn't heal properly or or I can't sense temperature and what are the emotional things that come from all those things so how do I feel about going from let's say top 99th percentile of physical ability down to the first percentile overnight it's um there's this massive roller coaster of of disability and um I think just because they're maybe socially unacceptable topics to to put on social media, well, I don't really think that's a reason not to put it on if if it would be, if it would benefit people. Okay, so um, you don't often put poo and wee stories on and pictures out there, but you know I'm not Dwayne Johnson or Kim Kardashian. You know. I, I'd rather put some real content up about um, what life's really like. And we all have to go through those things and we all go through challenge and change. And I think that's what's helping a few at the moment. And and it does help me as well to offload a bit. Well, I think when you just said you don't know why you use social media, I think as someone who follows you, I think what you're doing is inspiring people, actually. Um, So that's that's how it feels to follow you, um, that it's very inspiring. Um, oh, thanks, Tanya. So next time you think, why am I doing this? <laughs> I think, you know, whether you mean to or not, I think it has definitely has that impact. I'll take that. Thanks.
So I really don't want to take up any more of your time because you are in rehab. So I know you've got other things that you need to be doing. I just I've got three questions that I always ask everyone at the end. I hope it's okay. We've 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 touched on quite a bit throughout this about kind of phone and tech habits and digital habits. If you had one message for everyone listening, something you'd like them to think about or bear in mind about their phone or technology habits, what would it be? I think be very careful with what you see on social media. It's often um, half-truths or worse, and it's people's show reels of their lives. It's not reality, so don't get drawn into that. And don't certainly don't compare your lives to the very best and brightest that you see on social media. Your life's awesome and real, and that one's probably made up. Probably a lot of them 100% fake. Yeah. yeah. And have you? do you have a kind of tip or something that you use that helps you get a balance or a perspective about how you use social media and your phone and technology? Is there any kind of little messages you say to yourself or rules you have about not using phones in certain situations? I feel a bit hypocritical saying this because I use my phone too much and I use social media too much and I I look at it a bit too often. But Literally everyone does, Pete, who's listening to this podcast, including me. So don't feel don't feel bad about that. Okay, well, it's a horrible thing. But um, so here would be my advice. Okay, so partner up with somebody. It doesn't matter who it is, your buddy or or your partner or your, your someone from your family, and commit to each other to do something together for an hour every day. And you can make it the same hour if you want to. Let's say seven p.m. until eight p.m. And not only that but write down what you do together in that time. So it can't be on your phone. This is phone off time. Switch your phone off. Do something together, whether that's, it it could be streaming something or making something or baking. But this is the key part. The advice is then write down in your diaries what you did for that um, for that that hour because it, it makes you sort of accountable. It firms up something. And after three or four days, you wouldn't dream of missing filling in what you did for that hour with that other person. And the reason why I say do it with another person is because it's quite easy to let yourself down. Um, Willpower is quite tough there, but very few people will let someone that they love down. So once you've committed to something with another person, do it, write it down. And for that hour, have your phone off and um, you'll see actually just how much you don't need it and how, how much enjoyment you get from that mindful time with your friend. I absolutely love that. I think that's fantastic tip and i'm going to try that i think i really cool. like the idea of writing it down i think that makes yeah. a difference. that's important you know that's yeah. like keeping a food diary no one wants yeah. to write down i had five mars bars so you <laughs> don't you don't have them yeah keeps you honest doesn't it and, and my last question what do you think you've learned about yourself over the years of using technology using your phone having a social media following using the digital world Oh, I, I love tech. I want to live to a grand old age just to see what tech's available. and what I mean, I find it fascinating what, um, what latest tech can do. It's exciting and it's a toy and it can help life as long as it is exciting and a toy and, and helps life. You, know, you, you never want to get to the stage where you're bombarded. I think often I think I've got too much, less is more and to use what you've got as well. I think very often people are chasing the latest one or need the very latest phone or camera, and I I fall into that camp. But actually, things things that you own don't get worse just because a new one comes out. So make use of what you've got. 
less is more don't overdo it and 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 then you start to realize that there's more to life than tech i mean that's what that's what covid has brought out it's horrible and what's happening at the moment is horrible but you know people are finding real enjoyment and peace and slowing down and reconnecting with with people not through social media but actually looking them in the eye and spending time with the people that they're in a household with that's what i think about tech it's it's a tool and it's it's a blessing but there's peace in nature uh, and i can't wait to be back out there oh that's absolutely lovely i think that's the perfect place to finish so thank you so much, Pete. It's been brilliant talking to you. I wish we were face to face and eye to eye, but hopefully we'll be able to do that sometime soon. Yeah, um, let's make sure it's not too long. It'd be really great to see you. I think we owe each other a coffee in a nice um, yeah somewhere or other at some point, and when things start to uh, get to this new normal that we're all talking about. But um, it'd be nice to just sit down, turn our phones off, and have a chat and catch yeah, up. Yeah, that'd be great. But thanks so much. It's been lovely chatting to you. Talk to you soon. All the best, Tanya. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Complicated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps other people find us and it means you get a helpful little notification when a new episode becomes available. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And both my books, Off and Stop Staring at Screens, are available on Amazon and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.